0: Hello, and welcome to the season recap edition of Bullies Soccer Bites. I'm your host, Kristen Nassuti, here with head coach James Armstrong. Coach, uh, now that you've gotten a chance to be back in Starkville for 48 hours, it's gotta be a great experience for you and your team to be able to go down to Orange Beach, Alabama for the first time in 15
1: years for the school. How was it? Yeah, Chris, um, you know, we obviously worked really, really hard to get down to Orange Beach. It was a, a goal of ours this season was to make sure we got there and make some waves once we once we arrived. Um, tra- training and preparation after the Mizzou game was great. The girls you know, obviously had a good time down there, but were focused and, and ready for the game and probably a little bit more relaxed than they have been, you know, going into the game and felt they did a really good job, fought really hard and, and, and were really sharp. You know, it's just a heartbreaking end to the game there. and. One that whilst we enjoyed the experience, it just makes us hungry to go back next year. You've been able to get down here a few times as an assistant coach and associate head coach at Auburn. Was it any different as a head coach? No, no different at all, Uh, Chris, to be honest. We stayed at different different condos. That was about it. But, you know, we talked to the girls about how it is the premier college postseason out of any of the conferences. They do a great job down there at orange beach we're, we're privileged that the sec has that location for it and the weather's always nice um there's lots of good places to eat and stay and the field's always in immaculate shape so it was really neat for the girls to experience something so special speaking of those condos is is the rumor true that
0: there was a lazy river on the top of y'all's condo no
1: <laughs> there was a lazy river it wasn't on the top of the condo it was uh it was down below but uh Obviously, we were there on a business trip, so we only we only saw other people in it. We didn't go in it, in it ourselves. You know, you got down there this weekend. Let's talk a little bit about that match on
0: Sunday against Ole Miss.
1: Yeah, you know, in-state rivalry games are always crazy. You know, we knew there was going to be a lot of emotion going into it, um, you know, even going from the last, how hard the last game was fought in regular season. And, you know, both teams with, with a lot to play for. Um, started off really really sharp, started off really strong and and you know felt like we dominated the game in large portions. Um, you know the game got a little bit stretched in the second half because of legs and and obviously both teams trying to go for the win um, you know the goal that we conceded was one of those goals that was just really unfortunate and then we we dug ourselves back into the game we went to change tactics a little bit for the last twenty minutes and went very very strong offensively with four with a forefront and we got our due rewards with with two minutes left, you know, and and got a PK. Michaela Waldner working really hard to to drive at their backs and got brought down, and we finally got a penalty. And Naya cool, calm, collective, slotted it in, and you know after that I I struggled to explain what happened. You know we we just kind of switched off at, at a vital time, and a couple of bounces went against us, and you know they they scored the winners. You know with with a minute left to go and. After that, it was kind of just a little bit of shock, you know, on the field and on the bench. And we just couldn't quite get back possession to try and get that final goal scoring opportunity. So definite heartbreaking way to end the season for sure. With that 2-1 result, going back to something positive, Anaya Johnson stepping up
0: over the ball in the 88th minute. With doing that, she now owns the career record for penalty kicks made with four. She's four for four. She hasn't missed one in her career. She had three of them this year. Usually, you know, holding midfielders, not always the ones that you have standing over the ball every time, but how
1: much does it mean to you to be able to have Naya on a PK spot? Naya is is just an unbelievable soccer player. You know, when we first came in in spring, we saw the quality straight away and knew that she was somebody that we're going to build the team around. And what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, Naya can play anywhere in the midfield. You know, she's very attack-minded, but... Right now, with, with the depth, we felt that we needed her as a number six to really control the tempo and, and maintain possession for our team. But she's a special player, and when she stepped up to that ball, there was no doubt in anybody's mind that she was gonna put that away, because that's just who Naira is. She's clutch. Big big games are for big players, and she's a clutch player for sure.
0: You know, we, we mentioned a little bit about every game and our weekly features, but now I wanna look at the conference play as a whole. This year, the Bulldogs pro- posted program records for points in a conference play, goals and assists. Uh, that obviously took a a big step towards getting towards Orange Beach. What what was the difference this year? Like how, how were we able to score
1: more goals and assists than we ever had? Chris, that's a, a great question and and one I wish I knew the answer for. I mean the, the one thing that I will say is that, you know, as coaches you're privileged to work with the players that you have around you and their aptitude and, and you know, really wanting to work hard and focusing on the technique in front of goal and we knew that with the style of play that we that we've created that we're going to create a lot of chances and we just seemed to improve as the season went on so by the time we got into conference play we really hit the ground running offensively um, you know creating in different areas it wasn't always wide it wasn't always central so um, you know when you look at it we, we scored some goals but I felt we left a lot on the table as well we created a lot of chances that when you look back on it we'll, we'll feel a little frustrated that we didn't take more of them but um, lots to build on for the future for sure but you know a lot of repetition in training and training and recreating chances that you get in games you know that that's the key to it and the players really training with a game mentality so they're ready for for that opportunity when it comes in the actual games themselves you know during a conference play for a while the beginning of the year it looked like you were
0: trending towards making orange beach Got a little sketchy there in the middle of the season, but I'm looking at the schedule and you got a result in those last three matches. And if you look back on the season over the 10 SEC conference play games, you got a result in 60% of the matches. How integral is that to be able to go into a game and not necessarily always get those three points, but just come out of there with one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at it, you break down the season. The non-conference schedule was a really tough non-conference schedule that prepared us very well. Um, to play in what we consider to be the toughest conference in the country, you know, and the SEC is unforgiving, you know, whether you're at home or on the road and you've got to turn up in each and every single game and felt the girls did a really good job of of getting better and improving throughout the season and, and trusting that we went into every game knowing that we could win that game. Um, but also, if we weren't at our best, we could also lose. So, you know, like you said, we... We didn't make it easy on ourselves at times. Um, you know, in every game, apart from maybe one, I felt, you know, we, we created enough chances to, to win those games. So, you know, going into that last one against Missouri and what was a, a must win game, you know, we probably wished that we were in a different position um, and we'd already wrapped it up, but as you can tell from the girls scoring four goals in that game, confidence was an all time high. So really proud of them for, for the effort throughout the, the conference play.
0: I know from your interviews and from the time you stepped on campus, your opening press conference, you talked about how hard it was as an away team to come in and win at Mississippi State. But looking back at the schedule, it was the first time since 2015 that the Bulldogs won multiple SEC matches outside of Starkville.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say this, that we talked about it in our huddle, post-game huddle, um, how important it was that, that we made a statement to our to our fans, you know, and the girls talked about how Mississippi State soccer was now more relevant than ever before in Starkville. So there is no doubt that this is not an easy place to come because of our fans, you know, and, and we embrace them and we appreciate them um, each and every single time they come out and cheer us on. Um, going on the road, obviously we played some really tough away games and you know like I said apart from the one we we did a really good job you know and and you've got to do that in order to to make the conference tournament you've got to make sure that you win your games at home but you've also got to pick up points on the road as well you know and uh, picking up one point in the road you know sometimes you can be satisfied with but when you can pick three up it's a massive bonus for sure. The senior class won 32 games in their career
0: how impressive is that you know as a first-year head coach you don't really don't know what you're taking over until you get here in the spring. Uh, how important were those four seniors you had this year?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously leadership is a massive factor in success, you know, and those those four seniors led in different ways, you know, but they, uh, they knew what they wanted to achieve in their final year. You know, none of them had ever been to Orange Beach before. And, you know, I would say that a lot of our players really rallied around getting those seniors that they're just rewards. You know, some have been here for four years, some some three years, some two years, some one year, you know? So it's, it's a really interesting group, but can't say enough about all four of them and, and the impact they've made on this program. And we're really excited to see what the future holds for all
0: of them. One in general is Michaela Waldner. It seemed like every time I turned on a match or was calling a match this year, the SEC network likes to plug a player in as the player to watch. And I felt like every single match for the Bulldogs, it was Waldner. And give me a second so I can read off some accolades. She ended her career as MSU record holder in game-winning goals with 11. Second all-time in goals with 28, shots 201 in multi-goal games at five. She's also tied for third in career points. So, as a we talk about a first-year head coach, it's pretty nice plug-and-play knowing what you're going to get at least out of one starter.
1: Yeah, I mean, Michaela um, has been unbelievable for this program from the minute she stepped foot on campus, you know, and we're privileged that we got the opportunity to work with her for a year, you know, and... I would like to think that this was one of her best years, um, just because it meant so much to her. You know, she'd been so close before that she wasn't going to uh, to not get there to Orange Beach this time around. So can't say enough good things about her and she's one of those people that will always say, you know, she couldn't have done it without her teammates and, and she's absolutely right. Um, but also, you know, we're not naive enough to think that when we had a scout report on us, Michaela Walner was gonna be the one that was highlighted each and every single time and you know, she, uh, she probably gets more attention um, from the opposition on the field than, than most. And uh, she did a really good job of dealing with that adversity as a marked player in each and every single game. And that helped
0: her lead her way to becoming just the fifth player in school history to post a 10-goal season. But one match that at least sticks out in my mind that's probably going to be probably her favorite match of the season was that Auburn when she had recorded five points, becoming the first Mississippi State player to do so since 2013. How cool was that match?
1: Yeah, I mean obviously Michaela just through her work rate and effort um, scored two unbelievable goals in that game and you know she's, uh, she's done that throughout her career but I think that's one that uh, she'll look back on and, and smile for sure with it being the ESPN one of the goals obviously was number one on the ESPN uh, top ten players of the, of the day as well so a little bit special for sure.
0: Speaking of that goal, uh, Haley Zerbel was on the front end of that flip throw. She had six total assists uh, in her career, ranking third in school history in conference play. Three of them, if not more, came off the flip throw. So how awesome was that to have the flip throw? It seems like every time she'd throw one in, the whole crowd would go, ooh, or ah, especially led to a lot of goals. It was almost a corner kick every single time she threw the ball
1: in. Yeah, I mean, I know uh, I know a lot of people love to see see that flip throw, and, and we'll miss it for sure. You know, the the crazy part is that not a lot of people know is she couldn't practice that. Um, during training it was only during games you know for for obvious reasons it requires a lot of uh, physical physical prowess should we say so we we limited to the repetitions um, just the games but yeah we'll we'll definitely miss it but it's such a such a weapon you know because she's so it's not just uh, uh, for show you know she can put it where she wants to put it with with different velocity and and different heights so a real threat and, and we'll definitely miss it when you score goals like that with Walder having ten alone, uh, the assists have to come from
0: somewhere. And this year, not one but two Bulldogs ended the uh, their season with four SEC assists. Uh, Olivia Hernandez and Monigo Carley, both different style of players, but how important was that for you to have people like that on the field at all times?
1: Yeah, very very different types of players, and and they they did a great job with their assists. And you know both of them have worked so hard um, with their fitness and. You know, Olivia Hernandez is more of a direct runner, whereas Monique goes, you know, more of a back-to-goal t- in you know, tight spaces. She does a really good job, but uh, two huge impact players for us on the offensive side of the ball, for sure. You
0: know, talk about two upper uh, upperclassmen,
1: underclassmen.
0: How about Oni Echegini? Uh, plugged into the starting lineup late. She scored goals in three consecutive matches. Kind of made you look like a genius out there. Uh, what was your decision to start
1: Oni late, and how imp- impressive was her freshman campaign? You know, Oni is is a special player for sure, and shows it all the time in training. I think with Oni, like we've talked about before, it takes time to adjust coming from a different country, f- from every facet. You know, both on the field and off the field. So, for her, it was just uh, the week before the Auburn game. You know, she was it was almost like the penny dropped. You know, and uh, we started her, we put faith in her, and and all credit to her. You know, she, she hit the ground running and, and never looked back. And she's somebody we're super excited for for the future. You know, you look at it, I, I think the stats are that she was the, the second highest goal scorer for freshman in the SEC. Um, you know, she she came on so strong late and, and at the time of the season where you really needed her, you know, and you look at the amount of shots that she generated herself, um, you know, she, she'll look at it. She could have scored maybe some more goals. And, um, you know, she's somebody that, we're really excited for for the future and uh, you know she didn't make the freshman all-conference team but I'm really excited that she's gonna you know definitely make conference teams moving forward.
0: Looking at all of these this information I have in front of me it looks like sports information director Brian Naga is gonna have a fun time updating the record book but as a whole a lot of significant things have happened what is your, your main takeaway from your first year at the helm as a head coach for the Bulldogs?
1: The players working with the players and them embracing the process and and really building a sustainable culture. Um, these players love spending time together. Um, they're devastated that the season's over. They already want to get back to training, which, as a coach, is a is a really fun thing to have. Um, you know the identity of the team is clear. You know I think we've we've put in a style of play um, that the players have embraced and and really learned very well and. So from that standpoint, the future's looking really, really bright. Coach, uh, season wrap-up here on the
0: pod, but it's, it's not going to be our last time talking together. Uh, we're going to try to do some things. We'll talk to the seniors, some current student-athletes, probably have a signing day special. But in the meantime, for any information on the Bulldog Soccer Program, please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram simply by searching Hale State Soc. That's Hale State S-O-C. Uh, appreciate
1: you having me on this podcast in Hale State. Thanks for everything, Chris. Hell stay.